We're doing well. I mean, the take over here is a really serious lockdown on, on COVID. So uh, Americans believe there's a solution to everything and Europeans don't, you know. So uh, th that is, I mean, it's a bit of a generalization, but, you know, all the adventurous Europeans got on, you know, boats and went over to America. So uh, th there's a bit more enterprise o over there. And so, um, you know, you've got a can-do mentality. We've got a can't-do mentality. Uh, it's one of the things I admire about America, actually. Um, uh, so the, it, it just means that the, the sort of situation we're looking at is, hey, give up on 2020 and maybe life will resume in 2021. I don't know. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's a difficult situation. Uh, for us, you know, as a family, we're okay. You know, we're safe. We've got plenty of supplies. Uh, we can um, get out and exercise and maintain ourselves and obviously uh, meet all sorts of people. Uh, online, the Ministry of Tinder House is able to continue. So although we're a residential library, um, and you know we have people living on site, a lot of people have had to uh, leave, we've had to shut the library, but people can continue their work on researching and telling people about the Word of God, but it's just different. But I'll talk about that you know, in a little while. Yeah, Pete, uh, uh, why don't you share a little, I, I think your vision for Tyndale House, um, <laughs> you are uh, having an impact, not just in uh, Europe, but all over the world, especially in some majority uh, level countries. Uh, can you share a little bit about uh, what's happening there? Yeah, so I'm really, really, really grateful to Compass for um, having me as a mission partner, an unusual sort of mission partner, because I, I, you know, I'm not the sort that, that's going out to, um, you know, deepest, darkest Peru or wherever it is. I'm actually um, in a situation where we're in a secular capital, of education in Cambridge. There are more Nobel Prizes in this city than there are in France and Germany put together. Uh, it's a very hostile environment to the gospel at the same time as it's very polite. It's an unusual uh, sort of thing. And we're trying to um, establish a bridgehead, if you like, uh, for credibility uh, for the gospel. Um, now, this is there's a balance here because God has shown his glory through the shame of the cross. And so you can't use worldly glory to point people to the shame of the cross. So we mustn't use worldly credibility to point people to that. But we do want to be doing things at a really good level so that no one can say we're cutting corners and so on. And so that's trying to build a big case for the credibility of the Bible. Um, this book I wrote, uh, Can We Trust the Gospels, is... Um, so, you know, supported by you, it's going out into six other languages, Chinese and, and other languages. It's up for, um, it's on the shortlist of the Christian Book Awards that will be announced uh, um, this afternoon. Um, you know, wh whether it will uh, get any further than the shortlist, but it is uh, very pleased on, on that. Um, and uh, so we also, um, is chat open? It is. Uh, I can put some stuff in chat. I can give you some links. Uh, sorry, here we are. Um, that, that's a link to the book and also um, our website and a free magazine and that will give you a taste of some of what we do where we're trying to get people to be really serious about the Bible so you know a while ago people used to be into instant coffee and then they learned that coffee was something you could really linger over and get very professional and and so on about we want people to get more serious about their study of the Bible uh, not to be satisfied with sort of um, quick fix. Quick fix coffee, you know, is, is not going to taste as good as the coffee that someone has really thought about how to um, 
prepare and uh, we, we want people to uh, recognize that, that, that that's something that can be available for everyone. Another example I'd give is, you know, um, I'm not a dietitian, but as a parent, I sometimes look at the ingredients on the tin. Um, and every parent does that. I mean, what parent is there who, who doesn't? And you're not saying, oh, I have to be an expert in order to do that. You're just saying, I need to think about that seriously. And it's the same way with, I think, Bible study. There's sometimes you have to get your uh, brain into a, a higher gear to try to take on what exactly God's saying. Because God's given us some difficult books. Jeremiah, Ezekiel, these are difficult books. And they're meant to be difficult. But he's given that part of his plan. So what are we going to do with it? I can tell you a little bit more, but <laughs> there, no, that's yeah. great. And, uh, you know, and speaking of Bible study, you know, you and I were uh, chatting uh, a couple yeah. weeks ago and uh, you were sharing out of uh, Second Timothy, I believe, yeah. Timothy chapter two. And I just thought uh, it would be great for you to bring a, a word of encouragement to us, uh, our whole team this morning. And uh, I'm just going to turn that over to you and uh, share your insights out of that chapter. Great. Well, I'd love to um, love to do that. And I think it's something that follows on from what Ian shared with us earlier, you know, um, about the, the word of God. We're in a situation where there's this 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 virus, COVID-19, and it's an invisible killer. And what effort society is doing to fight this invisible killer. It's amazing. I mean, what is it that they wouldn't do, you know, put everything on hold to fight this invisible killer? And uh, you know, we get our milk delivered in glass bottles and I squirt them with my uh, bleach to clean them and all that sort of stuff. And we, we go through amazing things to fight the invisible killer. What if we took anything like the same effort to fight Satan? Uh, you know, how much effort, how much money is being spent, how much money is being wasted, how much prosperity is being thrown away, oh, everything like that to fight the invisible killer of the virus. And yet, what do we do to fight uh, Satan, uh, how much are we prepared to do uh, for that? And yet Jesus also teaches us that it's not just what comes outside, it's actually what comes from within um, that defiles a human. So we can't say, oh, let's just shut off all the outside stuff. So if you've got COVID um, and there's no known cure, somehow the idea is that your body produces antibodies, is going to fight against it, and, and, and so on. But with sin, our bodies don't produce, our, our, our souls don't produce antibodies to sin. Actually, we need an external savior. We need Jesus to come in to cleanse us from our sins and to um, change us. But in the Bible, there's something that is more powerful than sin. It is the word of God. Um, and when you go back to the first chapter of the Bible, it's really interesting the way God sets up the world because he set it up with this thing called seed. Uh, you know, there were these trees that would bear seed according to their, their kind. That's really weird uh, because what it means is humans can't predict the outcome. I mean, the whole idea of a seed is you just don't know what's going to germinate or not. And God, right when he built things in, built this human uncertainty into what's going to germinate. So he knows what's going to germinate, but we don't. Um, so he knows everything and, and, and we don't. But things spread and they fill the earth. Now, you remember that story in parable in, in Mark chapter four of the unstrategic sower. You know, that guy who wasted three quarters of the seed. I mean, on the stony ground amongst the thorns. I mean, what's he doing? Um, how crazy. Why on earth did he do that? We could have done a better job, couldn't we, with that seed? But then some goes on the good ground 
and it produces what 30 fold 60 fold 100 fold so you can divide any of those numbers by four you get 7.5 or you get you know uh 15 or you get 25 that's a pretty good increase and so even as the c goes out things increase um there's that wonderful and weird verse in Acts chapter 6, verse 7. It says in the NIV, so the word of God spread in ESV. The word of God continued to increase. And I quite like that. The idea of the word of God isn't just, well, okay, we, we've got a Bible, we've got 66 books, that's great. But actually, every time you repeat the word of God to someone else, or uh, and it's, it's in their neurons, or it's in electric code, or it's in sound waves, or it's on paper, or whatever it is, the word of God is just spreading. Every time it translates, it's translated, it, it's spreading. It's growing. It's growing, most of all, in people's hearts. They are, they are the soil. And God's got this idea. It's just increasing and increasing, increasing. So people talk about the exponential growth of the virus. That is nothing compared with the exponential growth of the word of God that God has set up. And God knows it's going to increase so we've been experiencing shutdown shutting our houses that's not a strange thing in the bible start with the gospels jesus in his teaching okay he went up to tyre and Sidon, but in his teaching he's traveling in a pretty narrow area in acts they seem to be traveling a lot more but the whole final quarter of acts is paul stuck in various prisons eventually you think this is a terrible way to end a book i mean the guy's stuck in house arrest um and yet it says at the end of Acts that the word of God uh, was going out. You know, he proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about Jesus Christ with all the boldness and without hindrance. And there he is in one house. And then you look at the rest of the New Testament. How many times was Paul stuck in prison? Well, why have we got Ephesians? Uh, because Paul was stuck in prison. A lovely, amazing verse like husbands loved your wife as Christ loved the church and gave for it. I mean, we have it because Paul was stuck in prison. So God knows what he's doing. Or Philippians, Paul was stuck in prison. And, uh, you know, the whole thing about how uh, Christ is going to have the name above every name, every knee shall bow, it's there in Philippians because Paul was stuck in prison. And what a cheeky way to end the letter. You know, the guys from Caesar's household say hi. Um, I mean, isn't that amazing just to name drop the biggest name drop in the Roman Empire? You just, oh, yeah. Um, so the word of God isn't struggling there. Colossians, why have we got it? Um, uh, he's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. It's amazing stuff. We have it because he's stuck in prison. Philemon, about, you know, uh, uh, making sure you accept this uh, man back as a brother, not as a slave. It's amazing. Revelation why we got the whole book because the guy's stuck on in prison on an island and can't get to see people in fact the whole idea of the letters is i can't get there so i'm going to send this most of the books in the new testament so this is where i want to come to um second timothy chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 this is what paul says remember jesus christ risen from the dead the offspring of david as preached in my gospel for which i am suffering bound with chains as a criminal but the word of god is not bound so at that point paul is stuck he's got chains on him he's got really limited movement everything that you need to do including the bathroom facilities and all that sort of stuff it's tough you are stuck there you're chained 
And yet he says, the word of God isn't bound. So they're always, you know, stuck. And, and you know, you're thinking, well, what's my job in a church? I mean, the whole idea, wasn't it? We're, we're supposed to be getting together and assembling the church. Doesn't church mean assembly? Yes, it does. And what's my job? You know, my job is, I don't know, uh, leading worship and you know, gathering people together. And my job's leading these groups that are going to gather together. What am I supposed to be doing? Well, the answer is you're doing what God wants you to be doing now. Uh, okay. But you could be stuck, but the word of God is not stuck. We're stuck. God's not stuck. The word of God's not stuck. Actually, God's word is going out. And so this is an amazing time when people are seeing uh, their need. In uh, Britain, we are seeing uh, the number of people going online to churches up from usual church attendance. God knows what he's doing. People who thought they had it all sorted out, now no, they don't. Our best human plans, you know, are just laughing stock to God. We all thought we had our great strategies. Who at this point does not know or does not have in front of them the evidence of the inadequacy of all of their plans? We have no clue how the next month's going to work out, the month after that. And it's clear to all of us, top leaders, they have no clue. They have some ideas, but they really don't know. So this is where we can see the word of God is going out and we should be really encouraged by that god has us in his hands we are his children god knows what he's doing and often what he's doing is he's doing something huge i mean what it says in ephesians doing more than you can ask or imagine and i just want to take you through ephesians really briefly because ephesians like one and two are god's done the biggest logistical operation in history in fact the entire universe has been building towards this one thing making christ head um, and there isn't a, a single atom that isn't aimed towards that aim and that means bringing together jew and gentile and then you get to this point in ephesians 3 where he says you know uh, god's doing more than you can ask or imagine and of course it's true you ask the dis the, the old testament you know uh, folk ask Aaron the high priest okay you say look god's working towards this plan to bring together jews and gentiles he's going to say no way all my job is keeping us separate from those gentiles so everything yet yeah, god had a bigger plan the disciples they had big vision because they thought jesus was going to take on the romans militarily and if you think that you've got big vision but jesus was going to take on something bigger he was going to take on sin <laughs> so in other words at each stage god's doing something even bigger uh, than we imagine and so that's what god's doing now god is also taking on something bigger than we could imagine so that's really what i had to share with you um god has us in his hands we're his children and he's doing something great